0: So I just, huh, boy, so I guess, I guess, I guess, I guess if you work as the guy who sits in the back of a truck with guns and Mike tells your boss that they shot up the truck a few weeks before but he killed everybody why the fuck would you take that job also (laughs) kudos to the hitmen for recognizing there's a better way to go about doing this that's growth um there's two guards sitting in the back of los polos hermanos truck um neither of them is mike it gets pulled over like every other truck has uh, they hear the sound of the driver being killed. And then the hitmen just, you know, take a hose. And they funnel the truck's exhaust back into the cargo area where the guards are waiting. And then they fucking lock the doors of the truck.
1: And then they go eat lunch.
0: They put a rock onto the accelerator. So then the exhaust is going to flow through like... Water. What were you saying, Scar?
1: They eat the guy they killed's lunch.
0: Yeah, they eat lunch. <laughs> They're just I like, think, hey, I'll I take the apple. You can have the a, have 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 Doritos.
2: Huh? I have an issue with this. They just take the fucking bucket and drive off. Hmm. Hmm. So they oh, I have a lot of issues
0: with it. No, no. There's a lot of questions to come Truck.
2: With they leave this fucking truck with all the chicken stuff around it. With two guys dressed to the nine inside with fucking guns dead and a dead driver and nobody finds the truck and goes why the fuck are there two armed people guarding chicken batter? It's a great question.
1: Mm-hmm. Wonderful question actually.
2: I think it's perfect. I was like "What is? what am I supposed to believe here? That <laughs> <laughs> they came back and took care of the, the bodies. Like at least with Mike, the time before he went in the cleanup mode after he killed the niggas. Yeah. So if something were to happen, you know it would have been all cleaned up. They just took the they just took the fucking bucket and drove
0: off. Yeah. No. The question I had was, is Gus only putting one bucket of blue stuff in each truck? And yeah. what if the truck? What if the truck that the people roll up on ain't got nothing in it?
1: Yeah, my thing is the one bucket thing. Like, really? That was the only bucket that was in there? That didn't make any sense to me.
0: Like, we killing him for a bucket. One. Single. Single. Simulcast. (laughs) Uh, But one bucket. Like, not even a 15-piece just a bucket and a biscuit that's all they getting out of this one small ass bucket and then they leave the other bucket that had their lunch in it behind and they take off welcome to blood meth and tears that's brandon that's scar i'm Derek. what's up my new dog i to get high with me. Do you wanna get high? you wanna get high? Hey. Skylar's listening to Walt's voicemail again, and now she hears it. She hears the desperation in it this time. Oh, I shit myself. <laughs> and she's been reading Gail's biography online now. She's been reading his shit. And so um, she goes and she wakes up Walt to find out if he knew Gail. And she questions who might've killed him. Um, And she's like, I've been listening to your message over and over again. And you know what? Fuck it. I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna let this play out the way that it should. Please. Jesus, what was I thinking? Walt, please, let's both of us stop trying to justify this whole thing and admit you're in danger.
1: Who are you talking to right now? Who is it you think you see? Do you know? How much I make a year. I mean, even if I told you, you wouldn't believe it. Do you know what would happen if I suddenly decided to stop going into work? A business big enough that it could be listed on the NASDAQ goes belly up. Disappears. It ceases to exist without me. No, you clearly don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. I am not in danger, Skylar. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks.
0: Now, prior to this happening, I want to say three things. One, prior to this happening, he woke up and she was like, Walt, you fucked the fuck up last night. And she he was like, Was I drunk? What did I say, Skylar? How drunk was I? I said some things while I was drunk, didn't I? Ha ha ha. Trying to play out the whole getting Hank back on the case shit. Oh, I had one too many drinks, didn't I? (laughs) And Skylar was like, we should move. You should go to the police. He's like, I'm not talking to the police. She was like, you should talk to the police and just tell them that you didn't know because you were a, a school teacher who got in over his head with cancer and you were scared. At this point in time, Scar, in the last episode, you said that Walt, um, lost all vestiges of being Walt, uh, back in the fly episode. I posit that he lost the last vestiges of being Walt in this episode. And the reason why is because before he does this speech, which is clearly iconic, he does something that no one ever really talks about. He has on a sweater, a red sweater, the same type of red sweater that Mr. Rogers would have had on. And he takes off that sweater quite the way that Mr. Rogers takes off the sweater in his episodes before he starts talking to the children, before he gets real with the children. He sheds that last vestige of being a nice person, and he turns to Skyler. and he's like, I will murder everything moving if I have to.
1: Nope. The red is the sign that he was already Heisenberg at that point. Um, they, they, they use colors to diver- differentiate the characters, and Walt's colors are... Browns and greens. Walt's colors are browns and greens. For Walt. Heisenberg is something different. It's black and red. The same way that when they went to Marie's house, all of that shit in the kitchen was purple. That's her
0: color. But that's still his transition to symbolize his on the dime change from decent to sinister. He was,
1: he was already there. He was already there. He has the Heisenberg has not left the building. He has, he has been there this whole time. You're saying that he had that red on. He was already Heisenberg, according to the people
0: that made this. Yes, but what I'm saying as a person who's watching it, not the people who made it, not let's push aside all the inside baseball that you may know about this. To me watching it, it seemed like Mr. Rogers taking off his sweater for the last time. I don't know about the color symbolism until you just I, mentioned it.
1: I think I think I've I, I think we differ. I think we differ on this. I think I, I think like I said, Walt's been dead since the fly. Okay. His last gasp was apologizing to Jesse. Mister Rogers has been dead for twenty years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep.
0: Yep. Since, I watched whole him.
2: Generation of people who don't even know who the fuck he is don't even get their reference.
0: I went and watched him talk to David Letterman. He was on the Letterman show uh, back in like 87. And it was so awkward because David was trying to make jokes of him and make fun of him. And Mr. Rogers was looking at him like, I know what you're doing. And yet I'm so much better than you.
1: He's such a decent human. Like you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't fuck with me with these jokes. These are Mm -hmm. jokes. I'm a Above that, sir.
0: After Walt tells her that I am the danger, he then looks around real awkwardly and just pauses, like that came out of my mouth. And walks off to go get in the shower. When he gets out the shower, she's fucking gone. So I hated this. So instead of her communicating anything, she just dips the fuck out. And um, Walt goes to the the car wash and meets with Bogdan, who keeps emphasizing that the purchase of the car wash is as is. He's like, where's your wife at, too? Where's she at? I don't want her coming back with any issues. And remember, it's as is because of all of the stuff he thinks is in the water, all of the chemicals he thinks is in the ground that he thinks they're going to have to clean up so it's as is and he's like you know what you need to be a boss and to be a boss you need to be mean and i don't think you could be mean i don't think you could be tough and make things make people do things they don't want to do and walt's looking at him like he just doesn't know i can break his neck right now i could literally just i could fuck you up dog i'm not the same person i was when you saw me last. This ain't your little brother hoping that he can go outside. Like, I will kill you. And so Walt's just looking at him, and he tells Bogdan tells Walt that if he isn't up for the challenge, he can always call his wife. Bogdan is looking around all like honestly, Bogdan, while he's selling this place in distress. It's also his baby. It's his business. So he's like fingering stuff and moving containers around and boxes around and Walt's moving them back the way they were before because he's just being petty. And his final act of being petty is when Bogdan hands him the keys and he's like, oh, yeah, I almost forgot. And he went to the frame dollar bill that's on the wall, probably the first dollar he ever made. And Walt's like, Bogdan, as is. Bogdan hands him the frame and leaves out the building. Walt immediately breaks the frame open, shatters the glass all over the floor, and goes and buys a fucking soda.
1: Bogdan deserved this shit. I'm sorry.
0: Bogdan deserved every
1: fucking bit of that shit. So, wait. I agree. So, wait. I agree
0: with Bogdan. Wait, wait, wait. Before you go into your diatribe, me and you work together. Mm Mm-hmm. While we're working together, you're horrible to me. I decide to be petty as fuck to you when you're leaving out. Do you think that my wife will tell me I did the right thing? Yes, I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about me. I'm not talking about Brandon. I'm talking about the person who you know is literally the center of what's good and bad in my family. She's the one who's like, that was fucked up or that was was honorable. Would she tell me what I did was honorable? Yes.
1: It depends on how much of the story you tell. Because the way that Bogdan fucked with this nigga, like, repeatedly fucked with this nigga... This whole time, instead of just giving him the fucking keys, wishing him well and going about his fucking business. If he would have gone about his fucking business, he could have took his little fucking dollar and and left. No, Mm -hmm. he chose to stay there and fuck with this man that he felt like I guess he felt like wronged him. Or in some way, shape, or form, but like you're a boss and you're supposed to be tough and all of this other stupid shit that he fucking said. Who fucking cares? You sold the fucking business. Give me the fucking keys. Move the fuck on. Take your bitch ass dollar and go about your business, nigga. <laughs> like, like what the fuck? <laughs> but he took the time to fuck with Walt. And it was it was Walt's petty ass to say, nah, dog, you kept saying as is. If you wouldn't have fucked with me and kept saying as is, as is, I wouldn't have did this shit to you. But you took the time to fuck with me. Now it's time for me to fuck with you.
0: Well, here's the thing. Bogdan thinks he's getting one over on them by saying as is. He doesn't know that they know about this whole fake chemical issue. Right. So that's why he keeps saying as is. Walt just happens to know because they were doing some underhanded shit when they to set up the whole fake issue that caused the panic.
1: Mm-hmm. So, but, but he keeps reiterating as he's
0: reiterating as is because he doesn't think Walt knows about this fucking issue in the back. And right. when Walt finds but, out about this issue in the back, he expects him to call him. So he's saying this is as but is, if, but if he, if he expected
1: to keep it there, he wouldn't have gave, he wouldn't have did the shots about his wife. No, he literally that's said, you he, know what? That's when he crossed that's when he crossed the fucking line. He crossed the line when he started talking about, "Oh, if you can't be mean, I guess you should call your wife bitch." Like that. That's basically what he said. Like, yo, he took the time. He took the time to fuck with Walt, and so as as a last fuck you, Walt threw that shit back in his face. Bogdan deserved everything he fucking got. I stand on that shit. Okay.
0: And I guess Brandon does as well. Okay. No agree. problem. Also,
2: who gives a fuck? You just got $800,000. Who cares about your first dollar? Be gone.
1: <laughs> and you could have had your dollar, if you wouldn't have fucked with him. You just gave him the keys, wish the man luck. I mean, like, oh shit, I almost forgot my dollar. Alright, cool. That's your
0: dollar, dog. Go ahead. I wonder how much that soda actually cost. I hope it didn't actually cost a dollar.
1: Ain't, ain't no change pop out, so I'm guessing it cost a dollar.
0: <laughs> right? He just paid the next nigga that dollar because that ain't his soda machine. <laughs> you just spent a dollar being Patty, my nigga. Like, yep. I would have just put it into the cash register. But Mike and Jesse are at the diner together, and Mike is like, hey, you look a little shaky, dog. You okay? And Jesse's like, I haven't been using like I'm detoxing, like I'm going through withdrawals. It's bad. And Mike's like, hey, stop drinking that because his hands are literally shaking. He's like, get some food in your stomach. And it looked like some meatloaf. It looked like it would have been good. But at that point in time, Mike gets a call and he's like, I got to leave. And he references both of them to whoever's on the phone. And Jesse's like, hey, do you need any help? And Mike's like, Nah, I got it. Throws the money down the table and dips out. Their relationship got a lot better once he knew that Jesse was willing to do that to try and save his life, I think. Um, Walter Jr. and Walt sit at the breakfast table, and they talk about the fact that Skyler left. And Walt Jr. talks about Walt having a sickness, gambling. And it's like, your my mom shouldn't be allowed to get mad at you for being who you are. Well, I was like, it ain't because I gamble, my nigga. It's because of choices that I made as a grown-ass man standing on business, my nigga. Like, y'all think it's because I gamble, but guess what I gamble on? These nuts, my nigga. That's what I stand on. I did all of this. I am the one who fucking knocks. But then he's like, on the way to school, he's like, hey, man, fuck school. Let's go take a field trip real quick and takes him to some busted-ass used car lot and (laughs) Julia to his credit. is like, if you want me to love you again, it's going to take more than this bullshit. And he looks over at the sign, the billboard that's across the street of a fucking Dodge Challenger. My nigga. (laughs) Closed mouths don't get fed. (laughs) Let me try this out real quick. So, they return home with Walt Jr. driving a brand new Dodge Challenger. Brought to you by Dodge. I'm
1: sorry, but everybody and their mama knew that he was going to have to take that fucking car back.
0: Yeah. Except for Walt Jr. And so, Walt asked Jesse for info on what he's been up to with Mike, and Walt thinks that Jesse should honestly be questioning what happened. Like, Walt breaks everything down. He's like, look, the robbery was a complete setup. That's what it seems like to me. I'm wondering. Like, the very first time you're bodyguarding for Mike, this shit happens. Word? That's what we're believing in right now. Like, Walls don't
1: become a street genius. Hmm? He no, figured out like, all the street shit. But he but he messed up. Here's what he messed up. Cause he's talking to Jesse and he tells Jesse. This is
0: about me. Yep, that's the where he fucks up.
1: The moment he said that, he fucked everything up.
0: This is all about me. Them being nice to you is all for me. Everything that's happening in you is coming back for me. And Jesse walks away like, dude, fuck you. They're trying to drive a wedge between you and me. Me. Walt drove away listening to the total. Uh, Walt and Jesse are cleaning up after a cook, and the phone rings, and it's for Jesse. Um, And he's like, I got to go. And Walt's like, what about cleaning? Like, who the fuck's going to clean with me? Jesse's like, I got to go. I got to go, you bitch. Peace. So Walt runs upstairs. To the le- to the Spanish ladies who are working at the dry cleaners above the lab, and asked them for help cleaning, but they know what the fuck is up. As soon as they get towards the entrance of the lab, they're like, "No, no, nah. senor, no, nah, no." I thought one of those ladies,
1: the lady who was typically in the middle, I thought she was the same lady that killed Salinas. There's, I think she was the lady that played the same. The, I thought it was the lady that played her, but they look alike,
0: but that wasn't her. So in that case, I'm just going to sit back and judge you on the fact that you think they all look just alike.
1: No, I I said they look similar to each other. Those two ladies. I didn't say they all look alike. I said those two ladies look alike.
0: Mm-hmm. But no. And so Walt is like, hey, don't worry about it. You're good. You're good. Come on. Money, 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 money. money. I'm going to go ahead and give you $50 each. You like Grant? He's a good president. Money, 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 money. Oh, yeah, the money's working. Y'all talking to each other now? I didn't understand that reference. Y'all talking to each other? Okay, cool. Let's go in here. I only need two hours. Dose. Dose hours. When they come in there and they start cleaning the lab up. A whole-ass drug lab. You just let three random-ass women there to clean up a whole-ass drug lab. And you want to look at the fucking camera and tilt your cup towards it like you tilting your hat. Like you think you don't put something over on somebody. You dumb, arrogant piece of shit. He's, luck, he's you lucky You could have got those, these women straight up murdered. exactly my nigga. He, he's
1: lucky. he's lucky that they're that oh if they're doing what they said they were gonna do, that they're just putting them back on those on the shit to Honduras. But like yo, they he could have got them fucking killed.
0: Mm-hmm tilting his cup to them. So, okay. We're going to see what happens with that. Meanwhile, Skylar and Holly go to the Four Corners Monument where Arizona, Colorado, New Mexico, and Utah meet. And she flips a coin. And you know, she's flipping the coin to this, see where she's going I, to. I didn't understand this scene at all. She flipping the coin because she realized Walt ain't where she, he should be. And he ain't never was, coming back.
1: She's been gone over 24 hours. She is just
0: trying to figure out where the fuck she's going to go. Mm-hmm. So she flips the coin and it lands on Colorado and in her mind she was like, fuck South Park. So she flipped it again and landed on Colorado again and she's I don't want to go there and I don't want to go to Utah either. Fuck it. And she drags the coin back over to New Mexico. She's just going to leave Walt Ginger? Yeah. She would have came back for him and she packed up her shit, but she would have left in the dead in the night. And she never knows. said shit. I guarantee it. She knows one thing about Walt Jr. Walt Jr.
1: is always gonna blame her for whatever happens because he doesn't see he doesn't see Walt for who he is, and she knows exactly who Walt is.
0: I would have left him too. All the shit he put her through, I would have dipped out. Shit. You my kid, but call me when you figure it out. Mike and Jesse pull up to a house and Mike's like, Hey man, this is the job. We're going to sit out here and watch this because word is the men in the house are selling our stolen product. I brought sandwiches. You like pimento and cheese. And Jesse's like, I ain't waiting for this shit, man. Mike's like, we going to wait. Cause the word on the street is that while they're selling the shit, Word on the street is they've been selling the sh- they've been using the shit on themselves, and they're heavily armed. And I don't know if you know about meth. You know what? You do know about meth users. Then you know that y'all are heavily flighty and not good with weapons. is like, "Fuck it, man. I know meth users. I'm gonna go over there and get them out the house. I'm gonna go ask for some. They might sell to me." So he goes to the front door and he knocks on the door, and he pretends to be a buyer. And while he's asking for some of the blue, the guy whose name is obviously Tucker because of the old guy in the back who keeps screaming his name over and over again, tells him to get lost. We ain't selling to you. So Jesse gets back in the car and Mike's like, how'd that work out for you? Jesse's like, you know, detectives, I know meth heads. And this nigga pulls out a shovel and goes to their front yard and starts digging in the dirt.
1: This is the funniest shit,
0: dog. Which the other meth head, Tucker, Tucker comes out and he's like, what are you doing? And Jesse's like, I'm digging. I didn't understand this either. Tucker's like, digging for what? And Jesse's like, you know. (laughs) And Tucker's like, I do know. Hey, slide to the left real quick. Let me start digging. And starts digging for him. And Jesse's like, "Hey, can I go inside and get, get can use a bathroom real quick?" And Tucker's like, "Man, go do whatever you want. I'm digging."
1: Yeah, is there right an in. obsessive compulsive part to meth? I don't know anything about it
0: I don't know about meth. Apparently Jesse does because it fucking worked, and he walks right on in as Mike smiles from the car. But inside the house, there's a meth user with a shotgun. And Jesse tells him that he wants to buy some blue. He's one of Tucker's friends. And the guy points the gun at Jesse's head, and he's like, we're not selling it. It's all for us. There's not enough for you and all of the rest of Tucker's punk-ass friends.
2: Tucker! Right.
0: And he gets distracted by a noise at the door.
1: This This nigga was yelling Tucker's name like, Jason! Jason! Okay, no one got that reference instead of me. Except me.
0: No, but I wish you'd tell us where the fuck it was from. Heavy rain. Oh, that's an old ass game. You know what? Talk amongst yourselves. I thought you were gonna say soul food.
2: What? Was there a dude named Jason on that movie?
1: Nah, but if have you ever played Heavy Rain? Uh, or is that not no, the kind of game that? you play? It's a what is it's it? a. It's a it's a game by Quantic Dream on the PlayStation systems. Uh it is a basically a story game, but like he loses his son and like you have to constantly press a button. That's a, she, she's showing you the case now. Uh you you have to constantly press a button to call your hmm. son. You call his name and he's like, Jason, Jason, Jason. Jason, just, just Jason. Yeah, it's it's just yeah, it's a and story. Then, and then when he loses, then when he loses his other son, it's like Sean!
0: Sean! It, it 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 was good while it lasted. I, but it wasn't something I'd do twice.
1: I played, I played two and a half times.
0: But um the guy gets distracted by a noise at the door, which is Mike coming in basically, and Jesse bashes him over the head with what looks like a bong and takes the gun. Mike walks in. And sees that there's a Los Poyos Hermanos lid. Sitting on the table with batter all over the place. And on top of the lid, it says, are you ready to talk in Spanish? Walt and the cleaning ladies leave the lab and he hands them more cash. But as he's walking out and they're walking out, Tyrus, Gus's guy, walks up and tells the ladies to get in his car. And Walt's like, it was it was me. It wasn't them. It was all me. It was my decision. Where are you taking them? And Tyrus is like, they're going back to Honduras. And Walt's like, you shouldn't blame them for getting for doing this because I offered them money, and you shouldn't blame them. Gus shouldn't blame them. You should blame me. And Tyrus is like, nigga, he does. Why the fuck would he blame them? He saw everything on the fucking camera. Oh. Why the fuck would he blank? What? Anyhow, Mike and Jesse are back at that diner again. And Gus stops by and asks Jesse to leave. And Mike's like, hey, give us a moment. And Mike tells Gus the crew that took their drugs gave the product to two local nobodies. And Tucker. Tucker was one of the nobodies. Mm-hmm. And he tells him about this message in Spanish and offers, hey, I can hire like 10 to 15 pipe-hitting niggas to go and find these motherfuckers and get medieval on their asses. And Gus like now, nah, we we going to let this war go cold, homie. Set up a meeting. By the way, how did Jesse do? We don't get to hear Mike's answer to that. But Gus leaves the diner and tells Jesse, "I hear you can handle yourself." And Jesse asks Gus, "Why? Why are you doing this for me?" And the response is, Gus says, I, I'd like to think I see things in people.
1: Lying motherfucker.
0: Like I a motherfucker. He true. No, he ain't.
1: No, he's not. So what is he doing? He's purely using Jesse to get back at Walt. Mm-hmm.
0: Dang. Yeah, no, what,
1: so he's exactly, doing what Walt said. Exactly mm-hmm. what Walt said. Walt figured the whole fucking thing out. He's trying to drive a wedge between them. But then Jesse says that well when you got to the part where jesse says that he that that he understands more about this situation than you think
0: so skylar comes home and pulls in next to flynn's new car she walks in and flynn immediately starts telling her about the gas mileage and all the positive features of the car and i'll be real safe i'll be real safe with it and um can i just drive it around the block like this nigga knows looking at his um, mom, this car ain't staying
1: unless it's an electric car. There is no such thing as a sports car with great gas mileage.
0: Mm-hmm. So Walt junior leaves to go drive the car around the block one more time. And Walt's like, it was a good car and he's been a good kid and, and, this guy was like, yeah, okay, whatever. You, did you get the car wash keys? And he hands them to her and says that he may have overstated things earlier. That he, you know, about I'm the one who knocks, but everything I do, I do it for you. I do it to protect this family.
1: I heard that song yesterday.
0: There is no love.
1: Not yesterday, Uh, Friday. I'm like sorry. yo love. I had to sing that song in fifth grade chorus. From the
0: years. valley.
1: What is
2: this song?
1: To the mountains. It's, it was the it's one of the principal songs from Robin Prince of Thieves. <laughs>
0: There's no uh. love. Like yo love. Here's the thing. For that song, take the word love out of it and just put pussy in. No, thank you. No, that's really what he's singing about. There's no yeah. pussy like your pussy.
1: Yep, I'm pretty sure that is. But uh,
2: <laughs> but isn't that any R and B song from like 1970s? Yeah, but this ain't an R and B
0: song. This is like a straight up folksy, like white guy Brian Adams. It's a great song, but it ain't nowhere near R and B. So when you hear him talking about how great her pussy is. World changing, dog. He could just be talking about love.
1: He could be talking about regular old
0: love. Yeah, love. he he could, but we all know he ain't. We all know it very much so. <sighs> so, Skylar is like so. Everything you do is to protect our family, huh? So, buying that car. That was protecting our family.
1: And, and right after he just apologized for being the most Heisenberg, he
0: almost lets it slip right after they both agree that they're not going to keep secrets from each other anymore. He goes out and buys his car without even consulting with his wife. She was gone without even consulting with his wife. She was gone. So what? If y'all just literally just, just, she, just got back to a good place for your life, we have to be honest with each other. Why'd your very next move to do this because she left? If,
1: if she wasn't, if she hadn't packed up and left for a day or so.
0: He wouldn't have bought the car?
1: He wouldn't have bought that car.
0: Absolutely. Oh, so that's on her.
1: No. But it's, I mean, I just think the 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 thing where she just kind of disappears for days. It's kind of fucking weird. I'm not saying that she's did anything bad,
0: but you know, we don't know if us. she's been gone for days or if she's been gone for the day.
1: No, she was definitely gone overnight.
0: Overnight. She, at the
1: very end, she was gone or, overnight.
0: Or, or conversely, Skylar might have been gone when he woke up. Might've got up earlier than they did and left.
1: We, we have no indication that she came back,
0: but we have we, no indication that she left. We don't know when she left. We have no frame of time of when she left or when she came back. They don't uh, indicate it.
1: Yeah, true. But because the only thing that we know of is, is that she, she left af- after I'm the one who knocks, he went to take a shower. She was gone since then.
0: What we need to do is just go on Netflix Honestly, or wherever the show, wherever you watch the show, just see if she's wearing the same fucking clothes.
1: She she had a bag. It could have been her diaper bag, but she did have a bag when she returned.
0: Okay, then we'll never really know. But what I'm saying is, if my wife, if I had just finished giving her the dick, to be honest with you, All of this shit. I just feel like he did all of this shit to ensure that he never had to come back into that house and they would continue being safe because he's doing whatever it takes to protect his family, including fucking up his relationship. No, I don't think (laughs) but the way that he the way that he Mm
1: -mm.
0: then 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 it was just stupid of him.
1: He is not that self-aware.
0: He's not, but he's very selfish. And when he's like, when she's like, the car has to go back because what are we going to tell Marie and Hank? What are the neighbors going to think? What is the IRS going to fucking think? And he's like, all right, but when we give it back, you know that it's going, it's going, that, that Walt Jr. is going to blame you for this. You know, that's what's going to happen, right? If you make the car go back. All your good relationship with him is going to be gone all over again. He just said, I love that you're, I love that you're here. He ain't going to say that no more once you take the car back. And she's like, yeah, Walt, I'm going to go back to being the bitch mom who takes everything that his loving father gives on. So thank you for that. But somebody has to protect this family from the one who protects this family.
1: Did he even return a car? That's called motherfucking bars, nigga.
0: That's a mic drop for your ass. Yeah, he returns the car. Somebody's got to protect this family from the one who protects this fucking family.
2: I don't understand what's going on with Walt because, like, at this point, all he has to do is just go to work. Mm-hmm. Just go to fucking work, cook, and come home. That's it. Mm-hmm. All this extra shit is like, why are you doing this?
1: I think that he is constantly on guard because of what he did to Gail. and he knows that he knows that um, that Gus is pissed and can't do anything about it, so that Gus is gonna fuck with him however he can and he thinks that that's the reason why jesse is being pulled into all of this stuff but the truth of the matter is jesse said himself i understand that these niggas keep keeping me up and they're not letting me you know they're doing all of this stuff so that i won't use they're keeping me clean by doing this he says those words, I mean, not necessarily those actual words, but he's like, I noticed they keep, they th- when I'm finished work, they call me. He dropped me, I was out all night working, and then they dropped me off at work to work with you. I don't have time to use, and I think that they think that that's the point. I don't know
2: if that has anything to do with it.
1: No, that's that's exactly what they are doing. But in the process, they know that taking him away from Walt is going to drive Walt crazy. Mm-hmm. So it's so what they're doing is twofold. Because honestly, if I was Gus, I'd probably be like, at this point, like they took out Gail, but can Jesse do the job? can Jesse do the job alone? Because I want to kill this motherfucker Walt.
0: So, I don't know. Bren, you got something? Or you got anything?
2: I wanted to say that I am enjoying this show but I don't feel like this is an all-time show yet. Like, it doesn't feel like that to me. Like, when we watched, uh, when we reviewed Orphan Black, I wanted to, every time I watched episodes, I wanted to keep watching when the episode ended. I was like, I, wa- I, can- I want to know what happens next. I want to know what happens next. I watched these episodes and I enjoy them, but I don't have any, dis- I'm not like chomping at the bit. To watch the next episode? Champing. Champing at the bit? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe I just don't get it yet. Maybe it's going to pick up even more to go. Like, it's not bad at all. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's bad. It's a very good show. But like people talk about it like it's like the upper echelon. You know, if you ever look at a list of best TV shows, this is always in the top five. I've never seen a list where it's not in the top
1: five. It doesn't feel top five to me yet. I can see that. Maybe it's just not your jam. I I, I, I
0: mean, because you're talking to a nigga who knows the best show of all time and fucking hates it. So he I could definitely understand.
1: I don't hate it. I just don't love it.
0: Did you ever watch the whole thing?
1: Twice.
0: He hated it.
2: Did you ever watch the whole thing after turning
1: 35? Yes. Okay. I watched it after everyone talked about how great it was. I mean, just get, keep also keep in mind that um my age, uh after turning 35, it's almost 10 years for me. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, but it's, no, it's almost ten years for me. I'm I'll be forty five this year, so like, it if I watched it anytime within the last ten years, which is still a lot of time, um, it still counts for what you said.
2: Yeah, I know. that's what I meant. Like it ended in t- two thousand eight, so like you might have been in your twenties and looked that at was, it differently. That was the year my daughter was born. Differently than you know, as an adult. That's but that's all I have day. to say. I'm that's still good. enjoying this, though. Don't get me wrong. This is not This is not the end of Oz, where I was just like, can we do four episodes a week to end this?
0: I just want to keep reminding you that without Oz, there's no this.
2: We could have started with something else.
0: No, because I wouldn't have thought of doing something else. I saw Oz, and I was like, I don't think there's any other shows that are discussing Oz, which I was fucking right.
1: Yeah. But
2: I, remember, is, but, yeah, but I want but I want to what, do a. Go good Scar. No, yeah. it's on you. No, mine's
0: is completely different. So go ahead.
1: No, I was about to say you. You. Your statement made it seem like there's a direct
0: corollary between Oz and this. No, what I'm saying is we had to but, get through Oz to get here.
1: Right, but I mean, I was about to say that the real direct thing is
0: the Sopranos. Nah, yeah, you're right. But what I'm saying is, without Oz, I've never we seen wouldn't that. have gotten to this episode.
2: I don't think I've ever seen a single episode of The Sopranos.
0: We will.
1: The the Sopranos is a weird show. It's one of those shows like Mad Men that not a lot really happens in most of the episodes. But in hindsight, a lot did. But it was just mostly the dialogue. It's weird. It's a weird show. We
2: could have been rich if we just would have made this an HBO show podcast. Could have been rich. Swimming in the Bucks like Scrooge McDuck.
0: Orphan Black wasn't an HBO podcast.
2: I know. I'm talking about after we did Oz. If we'd have just been like, okay, let's go through all HBO shows. We'd have been rich.
1: Rich. That that means y'all gonna make me watch The Wire and Game of Thrones? No, thank you. And Boardwalk Empire. I've heard people talk about Boardwalk Empire, but I know very little about it.
2: I have an idea. I want to do a Star Trek podcast. I want to watch every Star Trek series from the 60s.
1: Oh, my God.
0: On. Have fun.
1: Yeah, you you can have that shit, dog. Like, for real. Now, if you say, I want to watch all of the movies, maybe. And the movies included. I'm talking about entire Star Trek history. I haven't seen all of the movies, but I haven't seen all of the movies. Mostly the Next Generation movies are kind of like my... Uh, my kind of the place that I go when I think Star Trek,
2: yeah. I just rewatched The Next Generation uh, entirely. Now I'm going through Deep Space Nine,
1: yeah. See, I kind of didn't do any of that. I kind of went from The Next Generation here and there to I was really, really you skipped Enterprise. the first black man captain. Benjamin Sisko? I was really in on enterprise.
0: Let me see that thong.
1: (laughs) It's real.
2: Rassani, do you got anything?
0: No. I never do. I'm just here as really the straight man to lay out what happened in the stories and get taught bad to by my co-hosts.
1: Why don't you ever talk about the greatness that comes from your, 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 your fans of Wretched Book Club? Huh? Like with that person that told you about um, the, the, um, the class and all of that kind of stuff. Like the, the things that you share on Facebook about Wretched Book Club that you
0: don't Oh yeah. I don't know, <laughs> but that made me cry, bro. Like I cried I see, big boo-hoo tears. I needed that. I was so that day that I got that email. My niece was going into the hospital. My four year old niece was going into the hospital to get a biopsy to see if she had leukemia. And this was the uh, family who had lost her older sister when she was a baby. So most were real high. And I was, it was a hard day. It was a hard day and I got that email from him and I cried like folks don't realize how much I could have quit podcasting like 10 years ago. And I don't think anybody would have really missed me or even asked. Like I could have just stepped away from it. Scar could have stepped away from it like eight years ago. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: I definitely wanted to,
0: but having somebody who just wants you there and and will tell you about how much they love what you're doing and will 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 send you emails and will communicate with you sometimes that's just what you need to just push you past that next point to also get you to that next five
2: friends. I can call Rashani and talk to him, but I'm not going to call Rashani twice a week every week and talk to them on the phone for two hours. Just, I wouldn't have that much to say, but during the podcast, I get to talk to y'all every week.
0: You know what? I used to call Scar. Constantly. I used to call everybody. They got mad at me. They thought I was fake because I would call them and ask them how they were doing and check in on them. That's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to call and check in on people. And they thought I was fake because I did it. So I stopped. So the only person I call now is Scar. But okay, you Scar, since you, since, and I call you, Brandon, I mean from the old guard of people. Oh. I even have it in my phone, in my calendar, Um, that on January 9th of each year, I believe, I believe it's January 9th of each year, I was supposed to call... Mr. Span and let him know that I thought he was amazing, was doing an awesome job. I don't know why the fuck I started doing that shit. I just did. It's just, you need to be uplifted. Like everybody runs low on batteries at some point. And if there's nobody there to keep you moving forward, you just stop moving. And for me, if I stop moving, I'm gonna die. I'm constantly running from my future because there's so much more that I need to do right now. And for a while before you met me, Brandon, yep. January 9th, right there. Hit up span to let him know that he and his show are awesome. We can't see it. It's just a white screen.
1: Just, just too, just too bright. I can't really see it, but oh,
0: okay. it is hella I bright, first, but it, that's all it says. Hit up span to remind him that he and his show are awesome. I don't know when I started doing that shit. But when you're doing shows, when I did Sin and Solace, I'm telling you, Brandon, Sin and Solace was so ahead of its time. But and I problem- would beg people to listen to it. What mm-hmm. wait, what what'd you say, Scar? The
1: problem with Sin and Solace is it was it was it was born and fueled of pain. So pain. much pain. Yeah, and that's not
0: That's not something that you should ever want to sustain.
1: You you can go there, but you can't stay
0: there. And I lost it. And I told Scar that, like, maybe two years ago, I told Scar and Nisha, I can't hear Solace anymore. I can't. For a while, Sin and Solace was written because I heard Solace in my head all the fucking time. And so I just started writing about what I was hearing. And then one day, I just couldn't hear him anymore. And I tried. I tried so hard. I still have a whole plot line in my head that would be perfect for Sin and Solace. Because the way that we ended it was when Devin was like three. He was like two. He's 16 now. The story could continue. Like, I knew what I wanted to do, but I just don't have it in me anymore. Like, as I grew and I did Unburdened and I did all these things where I talked about my mental health and I got real honest, like, to the point where people were like, why are you sharing this? Before anybody else was sharing their mental health statuses on Facebook, Brandon, I promise you I was doing it. I promise you, because if I didn't get it out there, I'd go crazy and at some point I just I wasn't sad anymore I wasn't depressed I didn't want to kill myself I didn't want to cut myself I didn't want to harm myself I had said everything I need to say and unburdened I had talked about misogyny I talked about all of my faults I talked about what my dad had done to me I talked about what I learned from being abused by my dad I talked about all this stuff and then I was just empty. So thats good but then I was just empty and so I couldn't do what I loved anymore only thing i love was sin and solace. i didn't love i never really loved what single simulcast was i loved talking with shantae and i loved talking with people but i didn't love doing the pop culture thing every week i thought it was boring i thought it was doing the same thing everybody else is doing okay but it was what when we started podcasting it was the only thing black folks were allowed to do and to be completely honest with you when i try to do other stuff people people got mad at me Literally, when I did a music show talking about um, Charity, um, what, what was Fonte's album? Charity Starts at Home. I did a review episode about that and uh, a really well-known podcast at that time. I don't know if they're still around because I don't fuck with them. But a really known podcast at that time did a whole thing about getting mad at me about not staying in my lane. I did a sports episode where I had one of the fucking editors from Slam Magazine on my show. And a sports podcast got mad at me for not staying in my lane. So I'm looking around like, okay, I did an episode that was three hours long. A guy who does shows who was 30 minutes long did an episode about how I was doing shows that was too long. And nobody wanted to hear that shit. I hadn't found my tribe yet. And so the first four years of me trying to find a tribe was me getting beat down by going the doors of people like you're not what we're looking for. We're not going to tell you that until it's too late. I didn't find my lane until I started being honest with what I was going through and in doing so I lost what I loved the most at that time, which was sin and solace. But by doing so, I also saved myself from the knife. Or from the gun or for whatever other way I was going to take myself out because I was thinking about it all the fucking time. And it got really rough. Like, I'm shocked that I'm here right now, but I'm not shocked that I'm here right now. It's weird. I used to tell my kids that I wouldn't make it to my son's 18th birthday. And I did that until about a year ago when he cried. He said, every time you say that, it hurts me. And I had to think about what my words and what my thoughts were doing to my kids and how my dad's words affected me. So I had to stop and I had to rebuild myself. And I never said it again. But when my niece passed, that was hard. And when her sister was about to go through it in the hospital, that was hard and heartbreaking and I already was already at a job that was on my back. And I was ready to just stop again. I hadn't done ratchet book club at that point in time. And like consistently it wasn't there anymore. I just didn't have the energy. I was doing an episode a day at ratchet book club for a while there. And then it just was once a week. And then it was once a month and then it just stopped. And then I got this email that said, hi, Derek. I found your podcast while searching for accessible audiobooks for adult basic education students. We read holes in my reading on, and writing 70 what? 70- what They
2: found your podcast from what?
0: Searching for accessible audiobooks for adult basic education students. They oh, read holes. They, hmm? They classify Wretched Book Club as an audio book they read holes in their reading and writing 71 and 50 classes while listening to my performance of the book and the professor wanted to reach out to tell me that i've truly captured lightning in a bottle because my performances make reading more accessible to more people many of his students have faced social and economic barriers to advancement in the school system many of them have had terrible experiences in traditional schools and have suffered a lot of strife and personal anxiety as a result So my performance of holes made reading feel accessible, comfortable, and fun to adults who thought that they didn't belong in school, especially in college. Honestly, it's like magic to hear a real relatable performance like this. To think that you have done this work consistently for so many books and that adult ed students can access it without financial barriers is simply incredible. He spent much of his career thinking about how to make education easier to access, and my podcast did just that. It's not just an excellent podcast. You have done something to make real change in the world. <sighs> Ratchet Book Club is an amazing gift to the world and thank you for inspiring us and in doing this important work. I matter. Absolutely. My like, I know when I do my, when I coach basketball, it matters to the kids who I'm coaching, but I've never had anybody actually tell me. This broke my heart and then rebuilt it and kept me going forward. And I didn't even think to talk about it on here because I didn't think the folks on here would care about what happened over there.
1: But I mean, but what in the absence of in the absence of something like a single simulcast where you can really get your shit off. Like, you need to celebrate your wins everywhere you can. Yeah. And this is a win.
0: I told y'all about um, that other author who was like, I'm going to sue you.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) You don't take that shit off of here. He basically did
1: that shit like like Big Tigger
0: did when uh, Superhead called him out. And then I got another email from somebody asking if it was cool. I haven't heard her name in years.
1: No, nah, but like big, she she says some things about Big Tigger and um, in her book, and yeah, and then he said I'm gonna sue you, and he never sued. So, what what was what she said the truth mm-hmm. or what?
0: Because, mm-hmm. but yeah, no. But um,
2: so he's just a, he're a radio DJ now.
0: Yes.
1: I just I I literally just saw him on I well I saw him on a YouTube video yesterday cuz I was watching a clip don't ask me why but I was watching a clip from Drumline 2. We all know why. Sorry. No 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 I shouldn't watch Drumline 2 because it's awful.
0: It's pretty bad. I watched it.
1: You watch a, anything with bands? No, not anything.
0: You no. should never watch this.
1: If you watch Drumline 2, you'll watch anything with bands.
0: No. It's like watching no, Bring It On Part no, Four. You should no, never watch is, it.
1: This is what happened. I watched it. I watched it when it came out because it was a made for TV movie. Um I was talking to my daughter about uh drumline, and she said, We never watched the second one. And I was like, Yo, you really don't want to see this shit. So I sold her, I showed her the ending battle, and I was like, Look, that's all you really need to know from this. Like, there's nothing else you need from this movie
0: at all i do want to thank thank uh sid villain for joining our patreon um the patreon episode was really fun to do and um hopefully you enjoy the rest of the stuff that is on patreon um i really do recommend you check out the go fuck (laughs) shut the fuck up hannah episode i'm telling you this shit is legendary oh that little white girl i'm so proud of her but yeah no um I do a lot of podcasts and I do a lot of stuff and I'm really good at all of it, but sometimes even the best people forget how good they are. So if you have a podcast that you enjoy listening to, if you have, and I mean, that's not to, cause even as we walk down this road with return to Oswald and, 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 and with, um, blood, meth, and tears, Joe hits me up constantly. Mm -hmm. just to check in. That's my guy. Like, I appreciate you so much, Joe. Yeah, we fuck fuck with Joe for real. Like, real talk, Ashanti Mm -hmm. hits me up. I appreciate her so much. But in those quiet moments where there's nothing there but your thoughts, my thoughts are never, never, ever nice to me. And so I'm working on that. So thank you, Scar, for making me say something nice about myself.
1: Why not? You you, you get to do it and and because I don't I don't have to do it anymore. Remember every winter I had to make sure that you were straight.
0: Yeah, because I was ready to walk out into the middle of the street. One time I called you when I was in the middle of the street, ready to step out in the traffic.
1: That's right. And we got and and I had to remind you how fucking dope you are. And now you have other people that get to remind you how fucking dope you are. So you should know that you're fucking dope.
0: I appreciate all of you. 916-633-1537. Return to Oswald at gmail.com. Uh, you can hit Scar up on Twitter at Scarfinger. Brandon's on Twitter at that cool black nerd. Black is spelled i I'm on Twitter at Ratchet Book Club. Um, you can uh, leave a review for the show on Spotify. Tastes like 13 seconds. You can also leave a review for the show on Podchaser. Copy and paste that into the Good Pods app, and then copy and paste that into the Apple Podcasts app. You can donate to the show, uh, like we said, at patreon.com slash single simulcast. You, uh, you can also uh, donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast.
1: You can buy us a drink. I fucked that up.
0: And you can um, go to the Good Pods app and leave a tip in the tip jar.
1: And then chest a tip.
0: I still don't understand that. Which part? We,
1: ex- we explained it.
2: Yeah, but it, it still doesn't make sense.
0: You know, listening to the old shows, I can pinpoint exactly where we started implementing that song into the show. And it was literally during Cocaine Cougars. A lot of good things came from Cocaine Cougars, y'all. It just wasn't the fucking show we were oh. watching.
2: Oh, I do have something. We're about to do a podcast on the new season of True Detective, me and Chanel. Okay. Uh okay. But Rashani is the one of the stars. Is it takes place in Alaska? Uh Has a ton of indigenous people, which you don't generally see in TV. I love it. And the co-star is an indigenous woman who used to be a boxer, like a real life champion boxer who turned to an actress. Okay. You know what? Only one episode so far, but it was it was really intriguing. That does remind me. Did you watch Echo yet? I'm about to, I, I was waiting. Brandy wanted to watch. Well, I wanted to watch it with her. And then she gets mad at me when I finish stuff without her. But it's, <laughs> so been, like,
0: but
2: her. it's been like five days, and I want to finish it. So we're about to find out.
0: Echo was so good. Oh, I loved man. it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I won't say anything about it, but I really enjoyed it. I think y'all will, too. all
2: right
0: um thank y'all for listening to the show we really do appreciate it thank y'all for walking with us we really do appreciate it thank y'all for believing in the show and thank y'all for growing with us as we grow within the show we got a lot more on 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 tap for you and i guarantee you it's a beautiful road
1: as long as it's not the wire
0: eventually (laughs) Uh, each of you we appreciate you more than words can convey again thank y'all for listening y'all be good we're gonna holler at you later peace
1: peace out
2: Simulcast.